welcome to The Fandom Show, the podcast we, where we learn about fantastic fandoms by talking to our favorites about their favorites. I'm Kaya Green. And I'm Stephanie Malik. And today we are talking about the video game that asks what if your favorite Disney characters could contemplate their own mortality. That's right. <laughs> it's Kingdom Hearts. Steph, are you excited about today? I am. Kingdom Hearts, uh, I'm just going to jump right into what I know about Kingdom Hearts already because... How does anyone know anything about Kingdom Hearts? It seems like the people uh, I tried, who like Kingdom Hearts still don't know anything about Kingdom Hearts. Uh, a lovely a lovely fan of this show, a fan fan, uh, sent me an explanation. It's like, here's a little primer on Kingdom Hearts. And it was 50 minutes long. And it was only a surface level. Cover. So <laughs> suffice it to say, I don't know much about Kingdom Hearts. But I do strongly believe that if I somehow could learn about it, it would be my favorite game because it combines two things I really, really love, which is Disney and Final Fantasy. Yeah. Uh, so I should know more. Like, what about you, Kai? What do you know? I remember, just as an aside, that when you said you weren't into Kingdom Hearts, I remember thinking, wow, that seems weird and I don't even know why. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> it doesn't it, seem correct that I shouldn't be into this game. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, what do I know about Kingdom Hearts? I know it's very, very complicated. I know that um, my friend, Travis, uh, who I've known since high school, uh, has been trying to explain this game to me for upwards of 15 years. It, it, sometimes it's, I've watched them play it. I have heard about the various different versions of it, and I still couldn't possibly tell you what it's about. Uh, today I hope to change that, but I know that it is a world in which Disney characters are involved, and they go to different Disney worlds, and they have big keys. That's what I know about keyblades, Kingdom right? Hearts. They have keyblades, keyblades right? Yeah, okay. I, I know about the keyblades because like, I've seen, seen it played, and I've also been to enough fan expos to watch them purchased in front of my very eyes. Um, and they look dope. That is what I know about Kingdom Hearts. I also know that I looked up a, a timeline for all of the different games, and it was more complicated than the Toronto transit map. Uh, so <laughs> there's, there's a lot going on here. So I feel like we're going to need someone to explain it to us, Steph. Luckily, we do have someone to explain it to us. In fact, they're right here. Hello, Travis. Hello. Oh, my God. I am so excited for this. This is something that like, I've been waiting for for such a long time because I have spent my entire life around funny, attractive people who are just having normal conversations, but I'm sitting there in the shadows like, they'll bring up Kingdom Hearts. Just wait. <laughs> <laughs> now, Travis, uh, you're, you're, uh, you also have your own podcast, right, where you talk about gaming and stuff like that, and you have attempted to do an episode about this. <laughs> yes, this is my redemption. Um, so I am the co-host of uh, the Rainbow Road podcast, where we talk about queerness in video games. Uh, so queer characters, queer storylines, queer mechanics, queer genres. If you can play it, we can gay it. That's pretty much our motto. Um, and I love that. <laughs> and, very, uh, very catchy. <laughs> yeah, uh, we tried to do a Kingdom Hearts episode where I was like, oh yeah, no, I, I know this so well, so that like we can just fit this into one episode. I can just explain the entire plot of Kingdom Hearts. And something that I've learned is that no man can explain <laughs> the plot of Kingdom Hearts in an hour. But then also I've had this little gender journey over the past year and I've thought to myself, well, I am no man. <laughs> well done which it brings me to because we did a little backwards introduction for you here what are your pronouns Travis <laughs> my pronouns are he they beautiful excellent all right are you ready to uh, to jump into this impossible journey oh my god please let's do this all right wonderful Steph you ready all right. Yeah, I'm absolutely ready. So here goes. We're starting at the top. Mm -hmm. If someone was about to delve into the notoriously confusing world of Kingdom Hearts for the first time, 
how are they going to do it? How would you advise them to start on this journey? I mean, <laughs> answering that question is like answering, like someone saying to you, like, I'm thinking about getting into amphetamines. Like, I'm trying to figure out, like, what's the best way to go? Like, do I go to the pharmacy and, like, get some decongestant and, like, make it at home? Or, like, do I go to the doctor and get the ADHD meds? Or am I diving right into crystal meth? Like, what are my options here? Do you get asked this question a lot, Travis? Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> all right, so there's a lot of different uh, versions, and all of them sound addictive and dangerous. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, the thing is... The plot of Kingdom Hearts is so reliant on itself that you do kind of need to play everything in order, which thankfully is so much easier than it ever was because now they actually have, and I sound like I'm showing here, but uh, they have the all-in-one package that you can just purchase on either the PS4 or 5 or the Xbox or, um, don't, we don't talk about the Switch, uh, but, you know, those other two consoles, and... Just play them in the order that they come up on screen. Like, it tells you what order to play them in. It's all in one system. It's never been this easy. Uh, because before, you had to purchase different consoles. It went from the PS2 to the Game Boy Advance, back to the PS2, to the DS, to the PSP, back to the DS, to the 3DS, to a mobile game, to this, like, browser phone game. This so, sounds like more work than my university degree. <laughs> I have to ask, did this happen because of, like, uh, game rights? Or, like, because, obviously, Square Enix, Final Fantasy vibes uh, live primarily on, like, PlayStation. And mm -hmm. uh, does Disney live in, like, Nintendo World? Like, what? why would they do that to us? I, I don't have a good answer for you. But um, <laughs> this all started because, like, okay, the, the weird thing is about how this even came together in the first place. Like, yes, everyone loves to make the joke of how did Final Fantasy end up with Disney in the first place. Uh, and everyone's like, oh, those two don't work together. It's like listening to people say that, like, well, science says that bees can't fly. And I was like, well, okay, tell the bees that. Because, um, like, it's working. It, like, it exists. It's there. People they are already belong. playing it. I think I can see how they belong together, though. They both are adorable. They both have adorable, fun fantasy worlds. So that makes sense in my brain. Yeah, and that was pretty much their idea. It all came actually from, like, a literal elevator pitch. Um Square, e well, Square Soft at the time, now Square Enix, uh, the company that develops Final Fantasy as well as other JRPG genres, um, they wanted to compete with Mario 64. They wanted their own open world platforming, uh, you know, fun time game. And they thought, well, Mario is so iconic. That's the only reason the game could have done well. It could have nothing to do with the great game design, but whatever. Um, <laughs> no, nothing at all. No. no, it's cute is why it was good. Yeah, so, I mean, Mario is very iconic. He's known very well. Like, everyone, instant brand recognition. Who could possibly compete with that? The only person who could do that is Mickey Mouse. But they shared a building with Disney, and... It was a literal elevator pitch. The guy who was had this idea walked in, saw a Disney exec in the elevator, and was like, okay, I have 30 seconds. I got a really crazy idea, but I'm telling you, you're going to be on board. <laughs> and that's what happened. Disney was like, this is the weirdest shit we've ever heard. We kind of love it. Tell us more. Uh, and now it's become this thing where, like, Disney kind of has decided that this is weird, but if you're going to do it, you're going to do it right. So they hire a bunch of Disney animators to show them how to do these Disney worlds. And wow. uh, they bring in all of the original Disney voice talent, like the original Alice and the original Wendy. Wait, really? Yeah. Come what? in and do, reprise their roles, like, what, 60 years later? Because Disney's like, if this is insane. But again, if you're going to do it, you will do it properly. Uh, yeah, right. Because I guess Disney is really protective about their properties, right? Yeah. Very, yeah. 
which is weird because like Mickey Mouse, the thing that they wanted because of the brand recognition, um, Disney said, we'll do all of this for you, but you get 10 seconds of Mickey in the entire game. So you spend them very carefully. Wait, what? Yes. Mickey does not show up until the after the last boss for 10 seconds. What? Of the very first game. And then after that, it got super successful, and Disney was like, oh, okay, we can actually make money off of this. You can use Mickey more. We'll let him out of the cage. And now Mickey's... They're like, Mickey, you get it for a second. Donald Duck, who cares? Yeah, no <laughs> one whatever cares. whatever you want. That guy, no one Couldn't cares. Couldn't care less. <laughs> Mickey's got a Nazi cartoon. We cannot tarnish his image any further. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, this is really uh, rehabilitating his brand right now. <laughs> is it, though? All of the fans complain about the fact that he never heals you. He's the mage of the party and he will always wait until you've used a potion to then cast heal on you. Okay, so (laughs) while we're, we seem to have arrived at the moment, what is Kingdom Hearts about? What is this? What what is this? Why is why is Donald your mage? That there has to be an explanation for that. What's the general premise that you are thrown into in this first game? No, no, take a moment to stare into silence. It's cool. Yeah. (laughs) Um, It feels like trying to explain to your mom what a milkshake duck is. Or like (laughs) buttering jorts the cat. Like, it is a cogent thought if you know the context. Right. But if you don't know the context, you probably need to be institutionalized is what they're thinking. Okay, great. So do your best. Um, (laughs) Kingdom Hearts is um, about three young kids who are on this paradise island uh, when darkness comes from across the sea and swallows their home. Um, As it does. Yes. Uh, And the kids must go out on an adventure. Sora, our main protagonist, um, is trying to find his friends and save the world so that they can go back home again. Um, Which sounds simple on the surface. Sure, yeah. Classic hero's journey. Yeah, very much that. Uh, But then Nomura gets involved. Um, Nomura is the uh, game director who has some wonderful wild ideas. And he's very much like a DM who has, like, the rule of cool. Um, in, you know, the idea that it doesn't have to totally make sense as long as it's cool. As long as you go dope. Exactly. Right. Um, and most people would do that for, like, a big action set piece or for, uh, a crazy plot moment. He does it for character development. So it's like, it doesn't matter if this makes sense, it's sad. Oh, so, okay. That's, that's why we're going to do it. Kind of a cool All approach. Right. Okay. <laughs> and it works that, they, like... Um, Kingdom Hearts is about the power of friendship. Like, the the motto of the series is, my friends are my power. Um, So Sora learns as he goes from Disney World to Disney World trying to defeat the villains, uh, because that's just a thing. It's just, there's just Disney World. We're not going to explain it. Wait, they don't explain that? That you go, why you go into different, different, you're looking at me like, of course they don't explain (laughs) that. I mean, okay, so... uh, You have to get into the metaphysics of the Kingdom Hearts world to understand There's metaphysics? Oh, yes. Of course there are. (laughs) So there's the idea that uh, Kingdom Hearts itself, the titular role, um, is uh, the heart of existence. So what does that mean? So beings have hearts, which are very much like souls. Not physical hearts. No, it is not the muscle in your body that is pumping blood. It is like, it is referred to as the heart, but it is basically your soul. Now, Kingdom Hearts pedants, I know you're going to tell me that those are two different things. Do not come after me on Twitter. It is like Euclidean geometry. It is not strictly true, but it will benefit very great results if you use that lens. So, it is your soul. Steph, uh, you, you, you following this so far? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so your heart is your soul. Um, and You it lost it, Euclidean. I don't know what that word means. <laughs> 
and if it falls to darkness, so if you get consumed with negative emotions like rage or jealousy or sorrow or, um, you know, things that, like, are normal human experiences, but if you start letting them dictate your actions, you're going to cause problems. Right. Bad things will happen. The bad feels. Yes. Um, so, so the dark side, yes, sort of. Very much the dark side. Very much the dark side. Nice. Good one, Steph. Um, Thanks. If you fall to darkness... Uh, then your heart is separated from its body. It becomes a monster that represents your trauma or your suffering. Uh, and it is referred to as the heartless, which is the stupidest fucking name because, like, it is the heart, but you're calling it the heartless. And the body that's left over without that heart is called a nobody. Stupidest naming convention. Wait, that's backwards. It is but absolutely that's the body. backwards. I'm, yep. uh, I'm seeing why this is so confusing now. <laughs> And we're not even, like, we're barely... Why just you use different words? <laughs> Why would you not just use different words? Once again, we come you to the You could call problem. it anything. Words You could call things. it a boobadoop. Like, a boobadoop. you could call it, like, you call it anything. So okay, that's what I'm calling it, it for the rest of the podcast now. Forget hearts. So, Kingdom Boobadoops. Um, <laughs> oh, yes! no, we've made it more confusing <laughs> somehow. <laughs> so um, the villains are all trying to use the Heartless to uh, further their evil plans. It's like a rogues gallery of, you know, Ursula and Jafar and Captain Hook and things like that. Cool. Um, but you find out that there's a more shadowy, sinister person who's been pulling the strings on all these puppets the, t the whole time. His name is Ansem. And then kicks off the larger Kingdom Hearts plot where it starts getting ridiculous. Right, okay. Um, and, uh, we don't have the, like, several years I'm sure it would take to get all the way through that. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> no. Um, but what direction does it generally go in? Um... It becomes, it, it does seem to follow a bit of a formula where you have an overarching plot that is going on between the original characters, Sora, Riku, Kairi, these people who haven't existed in Final Fantasy or Disney movies before. They're totally original to the series. Um, but we're going to do these Disney vignettes in between that. The Disney World's uh, controversial Kingdom Hearts thing, but sorry, we're doing hot takes already. Um, the <laughs> Disney worlds don't matter. The Disney worlds do not further the plot in any meaningful way. They are there oh, for fun okay. set dressing. Right. Um, and all of the plot happens in between the Disney worlds. Okay, because... Why the do they do this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, Why? I was just going to say, because I, I don't know, Steph, if you agree, but to me it seems like the appeal of this game, as somebody who's not like, uh, hasn't gotten deep into the Final Fantasy world, the appeal of this game for me would be I get to go run around in the, the Nightmare Before Christmas world and that rules. You and know? you do. Yes. And you do. And those are the things that I've been like, okay, this is why I'd want to play this game, though, because I want to go hang out with Aladdin. That's excellent. That's how they hook that you. That doesn't matter hurts me. That hurts me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it does depend technically on the game sometimes. Like, um, if we're talking about... No spoilers. That's for later. That's for later. Yeah, Hold yeah. spoilers. Uh, yeah, it's just a major spoiler, but, like, it'll bring up issues of, like, the heart and identity. Things that Disney can tackle. You know, you right. don't have to change much about the the, the stories. Uh, thematic. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's very thematic, so it translates well. Um, but some of them is just, like... Okay, you're going to go screw around the Caribbean for a while. Here's a ship. Here's Jack Sparrow. Go have fun. Like, just go have fun. What? <laughs> what? It's weird that they would bring a live-action character into this, too. Like, oh, it God. seems like it's mostly animated, but then they're pulling, like, Jack Sparrow. Are there other, like, live-action characters yeah, they bring in? What are the different... Because I, I, I wanted to know that, too. Like, what are the different worlds that you go to? Are there, like, are there bad ones? Are there good ones? Like, <laughs> What's your favorite one? Okay, um... Weirdly enough, my favorite and my least favorite 
are from the same franchise. They're both Pirates of the Caribbean. Really? Yes. In, okay. Pi- in Kingdom Hearts 2, Pirates of the Caribbean, <laughs> the animation team was clearly not given either any time or any direction because there is no attempt to blend the hyper-realistic style of pirates oh, no. with Goofy and Donald. Oh, no. <laughs> Those things do not work together. It is weird tonally. <laughs> Um, oh no! And it feels like a very like, hey, we're doing Star Wars now, but with Jar Jar Banks. Yeah, <laughs> like it's of. it is Roger Rabbit. Oh, like okay. it's yeah, it's yeah. very Roger Rabbit. Um, so it, it's not the greatest one. Uh, but then you get to Kingdom Hearts three, and they figured this out. We're not doing that again. We've learned, and it's this really fun, jaunty pirate adventure. You have a ship. You're exploring new islands. Like you get into sea to sea battles. And oh, that's fun. You can that's swim the good stuff under oh, into like yeah. a coral reef like it's really cool this so, looks so strange I just I just pulled up an image of uh, I guess the main character with Jack Sparrow in the background yeah it's very the animation is very interesting it's so dissonant like it's so harsh yeah man Square Enix <laughs> what you doing man you wild <laughs> You wild. So they come back what? to some places more than once. Yes, they do. And sometimes they change. Sometimes they grow. Um, it's interesting to see, like, Olympus Coliseum from uh, Hercules. Hercules. Yeah. Uh, shows up in, I think, every iteration of the game. Whoa. I think there's always a, um, if, if, if I recall correctly, yeah, every single one. Which other ones show up frequently? Um, Nightmare Before Christmas comes back. We do one with just Halloween Town, and then we do one with Halloween Town and Christmas Town. Cool. Which is fun. Um, but we don't get to go to any, like, Easter Town. We don't get to go to... They didn't uh, not yet. New. Give them time. <laughs> Give them time. <laughs> I want to see those other trees, man. <laughs> I've always wanted to see those other trees, but that's for a different episode. <laughs> Um, what else? Oh, what other ones do we come back to? Um, we don't necessarily, we don't necessarily always get to repeat them, but they're like referenced in other games. Right. Um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. The Disney worlds are very greatly like sometimes in Atlantica, you're doing a musical with Ariel and it's just a rhythm game. Huh. Like it's it's, Atlantica. They call it Atlantica. Yes. That's the name of, uh. Of the underwater. I thought it was Atlantis. I didn't realize that they had named that world. Copyright. Atlantis is very litigious. (laughs) 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 They just, they have a lot of lawyers under there, you know. They're very stressed. They're in over their heads. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, hey, water joke, water joke, water joke. (laughs) I would high five you, but I won't. Uh, (laughs) um, Okay, so like it varies depending on where you are, right? Uh, in terms of the Disney, what you're doing. Yeah, it it really does. Like, there's a core loop of action combat, which is also done through menus. I I can't explain it. Just play it. Um, Like Final (laughs) Fantasy-style menus where you're, like, hit there. You cast a spell or... Yeah, it's, I guess, most similar to, like, what most people would know would be um, Final Fantasy VII Remake right now, if anyone's played that. Okay. Um, In that... It blends menu-based and action-based combat at the same time. There's a lot of times where you can be flipping around, doing jumps, and, you know, hitting X to win. Right. But also, you can flip through menus to get spells and summons and things like that. Okay. Yeah. Right. So it's a little bit of a hybrid gameplay in that Yeah, exactly. Respect. Neat. Excellent. So uh, do they have yeah. all the summons from the Final Fantasy games? Like, uh, No, your summons are actually Disney characters. So you've got, like, Tinkerbell, Bambi, 
Chicken Little. Bambi. Okay. Mushu. Bam, what? what? Yeah, wait. <laughs> what? Every game needs its support characters. Bambi's the cleric. Oh, of course Bambi would be what? a cleric. That's hilarious. No, Bambi should be a druid. What are you talking about? Oh, maybe. He lives in I guess you could call her Basically, she drops a bunch of healing or... Oh, she, it's he. I'm getting Bambi's pronouns wrong. Um, Bambi's <laughs> prancing around. Oh, what a problem they, today. Eh? Today, though. <laughs> Uh, prancing around, dropping healing orbs and money orbs and things like that. So, um, while you're defeating a boss, this is also the really funny thing to me is that like the general enemies of Kingdom Hearts, you can just press X to win. Just keep right. smashing them with that key, and you're fine. But some that's of my the, favorite type of gameplay. <laughs> but like, some of the bosses are Dark Souls level. What? And like people do not expect this from the childish kids game. Well, you got to ramp up to that. You can't be like, "Hey, this guy's real easy and this guy, this guy's going to fuck you up." <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that is too harsh a change. Like it, it's a kids game, but it will also lean down to that 6-year-old's face and go, "Get good, scrub." <laughs> but you know what? That was that was very uh I feel like that was a big part of like video games in the 80s and early 90s. It's like it doesn't matter uh, what age you are. Like, you yeah. could be a six-year-old playing this Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle game and it will destroy your soul. Like, Battletoads, I think it was. It was just <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. There's no reason this game should be this hard for a child, <laughs> but yet it teaches you that life is futile, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It breaks like, you down young. In the 80s and 90s, if you, uh, if you brought up difficulty settings, people would just give you, like, a blank stare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty yeah. much it. Like, it you have to have that game genie. Uh, Kingdom Hearts, thankfully, really does have a great difficulty system. Even in the, the most recent game, it gave you, like, a whole menu of, like, how hard do you want to make this for yourself? Because <laughs> we can just keep taking things away from you if you want. So it has this great menu system of, like, giving yourself certain bonuses and advantages or certain, like, it's very accessible now. Kingdom Hearts has learned a lot from uh, its 20 years. So uh, That's, did that's they, neat. Uh, did they retrofit, like, I know you mentioned that they have the story so far version that kind of has mm -hmm. all of it. Did they retrofit the older games to be more easily playable in this newer release? Um, that sounds like By no. your face, I'm going to assume <laughs> no. Uh, I'm trying to think of how to say this diplomatically. Um, the... The animation is stunning and beautiful. It is gorgeous. Okay, that's not what I asked. That's not what I asked. <laughs> no, it is not. Um, there's some quality of life improvements here and there. But overall, the platforming in Kingdom Hearts 1 is so bad that there is no saving it. <laughs> like, like it's beyond help. Yeah, they, they were not going to put the kind of effort in it would require to fix that. Um, not to mention, like, one of the games, which is my favorite story of the entire series, they didn't even bother remaking it for the collection or, like, remastering it. They just cut it down to a movie and put the movie in the game. What? Yeah. Oh, it's a four-hour movie, and it's like, we weren't going to remake the game. We know none of you want to play it. We're just really proud of the story. So here's, here's the story. You can just watch the story. Can, I just really want to get this straight. So if you're playing all the way through all of these games, at one point you have to pause in the middle to watch a four-hour movie, and they then you may continue? I mean, it's... It's in between games, but yes. Okay, great. Just checking. <laughs> yep. I'm just curious about what... Put the controller down, grab some popcorn, sit down for a Lord of the Rings-esque style movie. And then you watch something as long as both Godfathers. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay, so I gotta add. So we've been ragging on this game hard, <laughs> which is where we're coming for this game. Um, but it is your fandom, so I want to ask... What's your favorite part about this game? What do you love about this game? Yeah. Um, it is raw sentimentality. It is 
there is no irony poisoning anywhere in the game. And if you have a shred of irony in you while you're playing it, you're not going to enjoy it. You're like, not going to have fun. It's just going to be eye rolls yeah. for days. Like, it is kind of cheesy. It is kind of sappy. But these characters are so well created between the writing, the animation, the performance. And their suffering is dramatic and real and painful. And it's beautiful. And if... You can open yourself up to that, which I feel like actually the music is crucial for. I will say that um, the music is crucial to Kingdom Hearts because it is so powerful and it is so emotional that it puts you in that head state. It gets you there where you can forgive the cheesiness and the silliness and the, you know, friendship is power kind of thing because it means something to you. Like, that's what I love about Kingdom Hearts. I love that. And Final Fantasy is so well known for its incredible music uh, and just like the incredible compositions. And Disney is also so known for that. So it's so nice to know that in this game, they really honor that from both of the different uh, platforms, I guess, that they're pulling from. That's so nice. Is Mm -hmm. there, do they sing? Is there singing? (laughs) Um, Only in the musical Atlantica world. You know, good um, enough for me. Good enough for me. <laughs> I honestly think it's an insult to Jody Benson that they made her sing the songs they wrote, but I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> oh. It, it, it's bad. It does seem like, when you put it that way, that it's sort of uh, what seems a little bit like a fan fiction-y con- Oh, con- 100%. Concept, yeah. It, it does, when you put it that way, make so much sense with Disney because I feel like the reason Disney looms large in so many people's lives and hearts is because it is it is purely very sentimental. Like, Disney, Disney is from a time in all of our lives where we could feel sadness or happiness or whatever in a way that was, like, very big. And raw. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, longing exactly. and just like, yeah, oh, it's just, it's so, so emotionally touching. And it's nice to hear that the game, like, uh, honors that and is really sweet about it. Because so many things are so cynical. Yeah. So many we, things are very we, cynical. We do live in a very cynical and critical world. And it's kind of nice to hear that there is one, like, franchise out there that seems immune to that. Yeah. Absolutely. Even though everyone rags on it so hard. That makes I me mean, feel worse. It. We rag on it. Like, this is the thing. Like, it's like your friend comes over to your house and you and your sister start fighting. And, you know, you get into it and, like, she leaves. And I'm like, I hope you die in a fire. And your friend's like, wow, she was being a bitch. And I'm like, what did you say about my sister? Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. When you're in the family, you get to to knock it down a couple pegs. Yeah, But that's because you love it. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like it's the case with many fandoms. Like, I know with Buffy, I can be like, oh, let me tell you what's terrible about Buffy. Because I love it deeply no matter what. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I I think you could say it's the power of friendship. Aww. All right. Uh, So there's a big announcement that just came out. Yes. Uh, Kingdom Hearts number four, Mm -hmm. which what number in the series is that first? Can I just ask? Sorry, what? 16. Oh my God. Number four is number 16? Oh my God. Yes. Why? Okay. <laughs> is there you know, but, involved in this? <laughs> there is one title that is literally Kingdom Hearts 358 Days Over 2. What? <laughs> There's actual math. <laughs> oh, no. uh, and you know what? The title makes sense when you play the game. All context, but you, right, baby? You shouldn't have to play the game to, for the title to make full sense, though. Like, <laughs> yeah. why don't, so it's just like if I called this the fandom show 72890.1. Like... That Which is what this episode is called now. Yeah, you're <laughs> welcome, everyone. Um, okay, so, but back to the question. What are you hoping to see from this game? What are you excited about? Um, 
I, I shouldn't be this cynical because Kingdom Hearts wouldn't want me to be. Um, but I'm very apprehensive that the new animation style is very realistic. They've ditched a lot of the cartoony proportions. Right. And I worry that they are running out of Disney catalog. So that now Disney, where they make their money, is stuff like remakes. So what if we revisited all of the worlds in the live action versions now? No. Oh, no. I'm very worried no. that that's where, right? Oh, I see why you'd be concerned about that no. because they're not as no. good. On any level. <laughs> um, it could be Marvel. It could be Star Wars. Uh, there's a lot of options. Right. Um, you know, they could go to High School Musical. That could happen. Yeah, I mean, Disney owns a lot of things. They could yeah. go to ABC News. There's <laughs> <laughs> a Fox, the Fox world. Yeah, exactly. They just go into Tucker Carlson. <laughs> oh, no. Wait, it no, could happen. I, I'm pretty sure Fox is a different sub subsidiary, right? Right? Fox they is own, Disney. Uh, Disney owns Fox, Fox don't TV they? Fox TV is. Fox News is not owned by Disney. That's Rupert Murdoch and his, yes, old, exactly. his old thing. Yeah. Okay, great, great, great. Yeah, we're not going to see Bill O'Reilly show up as a boss in the next like. Honestly, although. though, imagine, imagine. <laughs> I'm not upset with the idea of hitting that guy with a keyboard. <laughs> Honestly, let me let me attack the crap out of those guys in digital form, not in real life. Peace. peace. <laughs> no, don't hit people. Violence is bad. Um, but uh, so that's what you're concerned about. What are you like excited for? Like, if it was the perfect version, your perfect version of this, how would it go? Um, that's a really good question. Uh, I, I'm hoping to be surprised. I know that sounds really dumb. No, but, that's lovely. Uh, I'm hoping to find something new because Kingdom Hearts, um, has had one main series villain since the very first game. I mean, he's not in it, but like he's pulling the strings. Right. And, and he was Axolotl, right? <laughs> I wish it was a little Axolotl. That would be wonderful. Those guys are cute. What's his name? Sorry, I forgot the name. It starts with an A. Xehanort. I mean, okay. Ansem oh, that's a joke. Oh, no, it wasn't even the right Ansem, person. Ansem okay. is what you were thinking of. Ansem is that? what you're thinking of. Unfortunately, that's not the answer. Xehanort um, <laughs> is like the master who's pulling all the puppet strings, who's making everything happen. He is the 4D chess emperor Palpatine. Uh, you okay. know, I, I have a Shadowy. million plans yeah. um, of how this is going to go down. Uh, originally played by Leonard Nimoy, who then sadly passed away, uh, was then replaced by Rutger Hauer, who then sadly passed away. Uh-oh. Uh, oh, no, being played cursed. by Christopher Lloyd, and we're all a little worried about him. I was just going to no, say, everybody... don't take Christopher Lloyd from us. <laughs> everybody check on Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> if Kingdom Hearts is what brings down Doc Brown... What is left in this world? Honestly. <laughs> I mean, on the bright side, no detective could figure out how, it seems. <laughs> that would be a case. That would be a true crime podcast of its own. The curse of, the curse of Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Boopadoops. Kingdom Boopadoops. <laughs> Kingdom Boopadoops. <laughs> okay, so... Oh, uh, I have one more question just about... Yeah. Uh, uh, is Pixar involved at all in this? Yes, now they are. Um, they've been breaking oh, okay. up from... Original Disney 2D to uh, Disney 3D to uh, some of their live action stuff like Tron and Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, cool. Uh, and now in Kingdom Hearts 3, they've started branching out into Pixar. So we've seen some Monsters, Inc. Um, <gasps> cool. And Kingdom yes. Hearts 3 is which number in the series? <laughs> 14. <laughs> yeah, okay. I just need to, I just need to know. <laughs> sure, why not? Uh, I'm not saying this to be sassy. I'm really saying this to understand how big this game is. You're like Michelle Visage after the Snatch game of like, I'm not here to shame. I'm here to investigate. <laughs> yeah. Detective work. More detective work. Always detective work. Um, oh, what was I going to say? Toy Story World. You could go there? There is a Toy Story World. Yes. Uh, and that one, there was Big Hero 6, Tangled, Frozen. Wow. Um, cool. Yeah. 
Oh, do the Pixar worlds make you cry as much as Pixar movies make you cry? Um, not you specifically. One. Make imagine one you could cry. just play the first ten minutes of Up. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Honestly, but that sounds on tune like, for this I was game. Say, yeah, but really, like, there isn't a scene where Winnie the Pooh contemplates his own imminent death. What? That's so much. I mean, if anybody was going to, it would for sure be someone from Winnie the oh, Pooh. Oh, yeah, but that would be Eeyore, man. Why is it not Eeyore just sitting there being say, like, that's, "Oh bother, oh bother"? I guess I I'm going to die. Depression. <laughs> yeah. No, What's it's, the point of life? <laughs> Yeah, it's a it is a wild series. Um, That's beautiful. Okay, well, it, last question on this front, and then we're gonna move on to some hot takes. Um, what is the nerdiest thing you have done in relation to this fandom? Nerdiest thing I've done in relation to this fandom. Um, I was working a contract up in Sudbury. Uh, so if anyone doesn't know where that is, it's like a eight hour drive from where we are now. Uh, so coming home was not easy. Uh, but there was a concert that was going to be playing the music from Kingdom Hearts in Toronto. Uh, so I booked a stupidly expensive flight from Sudbury back down to Toronto just so I could see it, got back on the plane and went back up to Sudbury so I didn't miss anything on my contract. Oh my God. Really? Oh my goodness. Um, was it the Video Games Live group that put No, that this off? was a dedicated Kingdom Hearts um, orchestra. Um, I love this. I love it. Uh, especially, it's, it's beautiful music. Like it... I will send you Vector to the Heavens later. It will make you cry. It is incredible music. Um, and they also tend to announce, like, story details of these things. <gasps> what? <gasps> really? Yeah. So, like, everything is fair game with Kingdom Hearts. Like, no one is going to the latest Star Wars movie and being like, I didn't pay for the $6,000 Star Wars hotel in Disney World. Am I going to miss something? Right. No one's doing that with, yeah, with Kingdom Hearts. Um, like, That's rude. That's so like, rude. There's, there's a boutique hotel that just opened up uh, in Tokyo that is a Kingdom Hearts hotel. What? And there is lore stuff. There is story stuff in the hotel that you only get if you go there. Are you serious? <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. It feels like it's like one of those games that leaks into the real world. Oh, absolutely. Uh, in the most recent announcement that they did for their 20th anniversary last week where they announced these three new games, um, they had hidden messages all over that the fans have been deciphering. Uh, and we finally figured out, like, who the narrator of the of the trailer is because oh we you're legit, that's the so cool. That's yeah. so cool. Everything is fair game with Kingdom Hearts. That it sounds like there's so much room to get into it, which I think mm -hmm. like is such a fun thing about a fandom when you start to get into it and you're like, "Oh, there's like so much to unpack here." Yeah. You could participate in this forever. Absolutely. Oh, that's so cool. Are you ever going to go to that hotel? <laughs> if I get the money, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but like bucket list, it would be like cool to do. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to do that. Nice. Awesome. I, I would die a happy person. <laughs> and I'm going to ask a question I know the answer to because I was there. Do you own a Keyblade? I own a Key. You watched me buy the Keyblade. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did. And I respected every second of it. <laughs> yes. Because there were other swords on that table that I too would have bought. And I, at the time, if I recall correctly, was cosplaying as one of the Kingdom Hearts characters. Yeah. Which one? one who wields, Which one? Um, oh my god, oh my god. Okay, there's a redhead. His name is Axel. But to be more specific, I was actually cosplaying as his younger version when he had his heart, who is known as Lee. Wow. Yeah. I love and then, it. And then you bought a Keyblade and you were like, this is my best day ever. 
it was my best answer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I again respect it. I respect it very much. I was not. I was not up in there talking you out of it. So. <laughs> no, you weren't. I, I was an accomplice to this, and I continue to stand by. That. You were standing. Was like, do it, do it. <laughs> I am a bad and good influence on all fans, I like to think. <laughs> They're an enabler. Yeah, absolutely. Do it harder. Which is, it harder, which is so say. funny because, Kaya, I'm going to call you out right now. You are not <laughs> normally the enabler. I am the enabler of the two of us. So to hear this, I'm calling shenanigans. This I can't enable this you. That would, if I were to enable you, that would be, it, would be, it would be a hat on a hat. It would be <laughs> excessive and unnecessary. It would be a feedback we'd be loop. so broke. You just covered in fandom. One hundred percent. Someone needs to put their foot down, and yeah. I, a normal enabler, have to be that Kaya, Kaya did have to stop me from buying a custom license plate that just said "fandom" on it in the last yeah. week. I, so. I didn't stop you. I said, "Let's wait a little <laughs> while." <laughs> to be clear. Okay, I digress. I'm gonna. We I'm have gonna made pause myself. like seven episodes of this show, and I just Look. think perhaps. Perhaps it's not just about the show. It's about the, it's about the it's about the vibe of fandom. Anyways, I'm gonna stop. I'm stopping. We don't, this. We'll we'll talk about the license plate later. <laughs> no, I, please, okay. please go on. <laughs> no, we're gonna we're gonna move on to our next segment. But before we do, uh, just gonna shout out uh, an amazing sponsor. This episode is brought to you by TeePublic.com, where you can find your next amazing nerdy tea. They have unique uh, and nerdy designs for T-shirts tank tops, hoodies, mugs, uh, phone cases, and so much more. You can find a design you like, and you can get it on anything. I am uh, drinking out of a mug right now with our logo on it, and I'm not going to lie. It's excellent. Their skin I, is actually getting clearer as they drink. <laughs> uh, I bought a bunch of stuff from here. I bought some cool Beetlejuice merch. I bought Cobra Kai shirts for a bunch of friends because I went a bit buck wild uh, on, <laughs> on true. Public. She uh, bought both also of have, us individual Cobra Kai t-shirts. And then bought three others for three other people. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not joking. <laughs> I love Cobra Amazing. Kai. Um, uh, we, yeah, the best thing about Tee Public is that you can customize everything about it, and uh, like the size, the color, the fabric. If you've ever seen a T-shirt where you're like, "Ooh, I love that design, but I don't love the color," you can change that. That is entirely up to you, and that like it makes for some of your favorite T-shirts ever. Yeah, and they're made by indie artists uh, who yes. get a fair commission for their work. Like these are people like you and I who are creating beautiful, beautiful pieces that you can wear around. So every time you buy a shirt, you're actually supporting that artist as well as this podcast. Uh, so you can head to our store. We have our own store, which is at tpublic.thefandomshow.com to check out our merch and our favorite designs. I'll be adding some Kingdom Hearts designs to it very shortly. Yay! Uh, oh, my yes. wallet can't take this. Oh, that's well, tpublic.com.thefandomshow. Uh, tpublic.thefandomshow.com. Uh, and thank you so much, tpublic, for your thank support. Thank you. We love thank you. you. Thank you. Comfortable uh, ass t-shirts. Just telling you. They're so good. Uh, they're so comfy. <laughs> Now we're going to delve in to the, we, we went to the swirling madness that is the internet. And I, um, like I still didn't tell you anything. Um, <laughs> honestly, I don't know if I'm more or less confused right now than I was at the start of this I'm episode. I think I'm more confused, but more comfortable with my confusion. Yes. Like, I <laughs> think I've understood that this is just the state of being in this fandom but, and I'm, I'm, I'm leaning in. <laughs> and you have to just do it. You just have to yeah. do it to under, to get into yeah, it. Yeah, Exactly. 
Um, so we got some hot takes uh, from some listeners as well as uh, various message boards online uh, that we'd love to hear your reaction to. Uh, so our first one comes from friend of the podcast, Kat Letwin, uh, and her hot take is, it is an absolutely bonkers and perfect blend of Disney and Square Enix. Disney is a flattened joy machine and Square Enix wants us to contemplate death. And together they showed <laughs> us that Donald Duck squawking about grief alongside Haley Joel Osment. What is not to love about Kingdom Hearts, Kingdom Boopy Doops. Kingdom Boopy Doops. Um, yeah, I mean, that's just nailed, nailed it. Hit the nail on the head. Um, it is this weird, perfect balance where everything just sort of works. Um, it is raw sentimentality. It is adult themes of grief and loss and identity uh, all just kind of mashed together. Uh, it's it's beautiful. It, it, it's incredible how moving it is for something that should be you know, in other people's minds, a, a kid's game. It is a Disney game, yeah. right? Um, but I think that's, you know, it's just the power of animation and the power of storytelling and things like that. It's that these things do not have to be for children. They are just for people. Yeah, it really sounds like the, the game invests in the concepts that it is trying to explore, and it doesn't, like, shy away from that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think another reason that I also really love it, and the reason that we, you know, talk about it on uh, Rainbow Road, uh, is because it has a lot of queer themes to it as well. Really? Uh, yeah, um... Sora and Riku are best of friends, and they share a lot of, like, emotional moments together that most male protagonists do not get to share with each other. Um, uh, oh, oh, Kaya's pointing at something. Yeah, I have, we I do have, have a hot, hot take, take on that. Oh, can, can I read it for you? Read it, read it, read it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Uh, this, this hot take uh, it says, <clears throat> if Riku was a girl, no one would be denying the chemistry between him and Sora. Sora willingly uh, pr protects Riku, and Sora would do anything for him that doesn't need to be sentimental. However, when Sora does those things for Kairi, nobody truly questions that he has feelings and love for Kairi. Why is it so different between Riku and... Uh, why, yeah, why is it so different between Riku and Sora? Because homophobia. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> just, do you want me to give you a different answer? Like, um, so, it, I mean, sure, canon romance. Sorry, sorry, and Kyrie. Sure, go for it. Fine, whatever. You can put those two together if you want. Um, but if you look at like the end of Kingdom Hearts two, when Sora is reunited with Kyrie, um, it's like, hey, what's up? <laughs> Good to see you. It's been a while. And then finger guns. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and then five minutes later, he's reintroduced to Riku, who he's been separated from just as long. Um, and Sora gets down on his knees, sobbing, grabbing Riku's hand, saying. I looked for you. I looked everywhere for you. And like, <laughs> there's a different level of emotion there between those two things. Yeah, not quite a fist bump. <laughs> no, it really isn't. Like, Sora clearly has very strong feelings for Riku. Now, you can say whether that's romantic or not, but they have a very deep connection. Um, What's your headcanon? I think Riku's gay, but Sora's not. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> yes. Uh, there's a scene in the first game where, like, um, it's trying to show how rival they are between each other. Um, and Riku walks by and says, you know, if two people share a Paupu fruit, it means their destinies are intertwined. And he gets right up in Sora's face. So I guess I'll have to have this with Kairi. Oh. And walks ah. off, and I'm like, "Yeah, this is not a conversation about Kyrie. Like, this is this is don't not Kyrie into this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What? So, I, I think that Riku uh, is in love with Sora. I don't know necessarily know that Sora is in love with Riku. Uh, I Even think though Sora got down on his knees, crying and screaming. Yeah, it, we all do that for our buds, right? 
Yeah, exactly. And then, of course, there's other characters like Shion is trans, or um, don't quote me on that. Um, and uh, Axel and <laughs> Roxas are also in love. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so that, that's my answer. Interesting. Uh, I, I really, I really feel like we at this podcast should have like a big air horn that just goes burr, 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 queer. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like this thing too. Gay? Is queer. Gay. <laughs> gay. Gay, gay, gay. Um, if it's not, we'll make it. Yeah. <laughs> we, we are very talented. At this things. is the gay agenda. Da, 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 da. You can't see show, I've got spider fingers. That's why, <laughs> that's why we have an entire show. It's based on this exact concept. Right, right. Of course, of course, of course. Uh, so um, you, bring, you brought up Kyrie. Um, and this is uh, just a... Uh, oh, oh, okay. I've got a chuckle. I, just know, what, I know where this is going. Uh, so this hot take is Kyrie is near impossible character to redeem at this point and should probably not be in future games. Ooh. Oh, okay. I mean... I think the framing of that is a little misogynist, honestly. And I mean, as a mass presenting dude, I need to be very careful of, you know, staying in my lane. But Kyrie's problem is that she's poorly written. Not that she's a bad character, but that the men who make this game do not care about her. Uh. She is very much a damsel in distress and um, that she's just there to be kidnapped. Uh, this happens multiple times throughout the series. Um Oof. Where Kyrie, like, she's finally given a weapon in one of the games, and she can, like, fight and defend herself. And, like, she is off screen for so long because the entire thing, they're like, we're, we're training her, guys. It's because she's training. That's why we're not seeing her, because she's training. She's going to come up. She's going to be real big. And then you get to Kingdom Hearts 3, which is the 14th game in the series. Thank you. Thank and um, it's like, hey, Kyrie is important now because she has trained. She is a Keyblade wielder. She will join the fight. The second the fight starts, she's kidnapped. What? No. And it's like, I, I don't, <laughs> why do you hate her? So you could do interesting things with her. Um, she is a being of pure light, which Ooh. is interesting. So like, she cannot be tainted by the darkness. She cannot, for whatever reason, because mythos, because, you know, whatever. Seems wildly useful in this context. Exactly. She cannot be corrupted by the light. So she was able to bring Sora back from the darkness when he sacrificed himself for her. Spoilers. Um, but, you know, that's an interesting thing you could do with that. Like, especially within this world, within that context. But they're not doing anything with it because she's just such a good damsel in distress. It's just such a great trope. They love bringing out. Interesting. Do, do, would you, would you like, attempt to redeem her and give her more? Or would you just be like, let's bring in a new female character who has a little bit more solid backstory? What would you do to fix that? Um, I want both. Both. Yeah, um, why is it an either or, Kaya? Examine your question. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is that, like, of this, of the 16 games that were coming on, well, I'm not going to get into that. Um, we have a <laughs> lot of games um, that we're looking at. We've had one with a female protagonist, but it's it was Kyrie. It was the very last game, Melody of Memory. And when it gets to the boss, the only way she can win is by channeling Sora and becoming... Sora. No, come on, no, man. No, so, like, no. So I just, I don't know that I trust them to make a good game with a girl at this point. But uh, there's also really great female characters in Aqua uh, who banishes herself to literal hell for 10 years um, to save her friends. Ooh. Uh, and there's Shion, who is the, I, I believe, headcanon trans character that I mentioned before. There's great female characters in this series that they don't know how to use. And it really bothers me. Right. Yeah, so the that's, potential is there. Yes. 
one of the one of the hot takes that we put in here is that this game does have an issue with female characters. There's only 11 yes. original female characters in the series, while there are 30 to 35 original male characters. Whoa, that yeah, that's an imbalance for sure. Yep, and I mean, if we're doing like a real quick run through of the character tropes that we're looking at, Kyrie's the damsel in distress. Nominee mm-hmm. is the witch. Um, Nominee is like a literal witch who has powers um, that she uses for manipulation and deception. Oh, of um, course, um, of course. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Witches be crazy, Larkin. you know? Yeah. Larkin. Witches be crazy. <laughs> uh, Larkin is just a straight-up sadist. Like, that's her whole character trait, is that she likes inflicting pain on people. Um, like, so, it's not that any of these are isolatingly bad, but, like, when you create a pattern of nothing but these female characters, right. people are going to start to ask questions, Nora. Like, <laughs> so, again, as much as I love Kyrie and Aqua and Shion and these wonderful female characters... They're not good. Like, they're, they're not good at writing them. Right, yeah. yeah. It's like you're trying to get the scraps of what they have there and, yes. and headcanon it into yeah. a more complicated character. I mean, Shion is my favorite character of the entire series. Really? Yeah, and I, I love her, but do better. <laughs> <laughs> but do better. Um, okay, so here's, here's uh, sort of on a... Similar conversation. There mm-hmm. needs to be more characters of color other than Xena... <laughs> Nort, Zena, how do I say that? Xehanort? Great. Xehanort. So much. Xehanort and his incarnations. Yeah. <laughs> um, they are the only <laughs> characters of color who are original characters, uh, and they're the bad guys. And the fact that, like, when you get possessed by darkness your physical traits change, and with one of those characters, his skin gets darker. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. Uh, It's not great. (laughs) Um, Improvements to be made. Absolutely, and it's this thing of, like, there's such a long, complicated history of racism within Japanese culture. Um, And Disney. And Disney, 100%. 100%. but specifically, this game isn't being made by Disney. It is being made by Square Enix. Disney's just signing off on it. And a lot of that racism is imported from American culture because so much of J- Japanese culture has been copying the Americans over the past, you know, 50 years. Not, not identical, but, like, there's a lot of crossover. There's influence on both sides. Yeah, yeah for sure. So it's a really complicated uh, history that I'm not qualified to talk about. <laughs> but it's it's a problem. Like, I, you play Final Fantasy, right, Steph? You said? Yeah, a couple of them, yeah. Yeah, like, I don't know if you remember, like, Saz, for instance, in uh, Final Fantasy Thirteen is a walking stereotype. He's got a giant afro with a bird that lives in it. Um, he's a, like, deadbeat father. Like, oh. all, all the things, check them off on a list yeah. that you really shouldn't do when you are portraying a, a black character. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, I'm not trying to say that Kingdom Hearts is justified because of all these things, but it comes from that problem, and it's a really systemic issue that's not, isolated to Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. I think that w- throughout pop culture, it's everywhere and like it's it's always good to acknowledge even if even if it's not being actively. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I I want better and I think most of the fandom does as well. Uh, I haven't seen anyone really get into any heated discussions whenever someone brings that up of yeah. like this is racist. Most of the fans are like, "Yep. Yep. Yep." Nope, no, no <laughs> argument here. Oh, good. Nope. That's yeah. something. <laughs> it's it's never really been a controversial topic within yeah. the fans. Look, I guess it's interesting, too, because... Oh, sorry. Stop. I was just going to say, look, Tetsuya Nomura, I know you're listening to this podcast. You're the creator <laughs> of this. I know you're hearing this. I know Give you're us, a fan. I know you're a fan. 
uh, give us some characters with some depth, some characters of color who aren't bad guys, some characters who are women who aren't a trope. Come on, yeah. buddy. Come on. Yeah. And just make him gay. Like, just, just, just make him gay. gay. Let him kiss. Just Let make people it kiss. Gay. Like, the villain of the second game is this pink-haired flower twink who summons petals. And, like, guys, we know he's gay. doesn't make him gay. Like, let us enjoy it. this. You're not hiding it. Like, also, know, Final right? Fantasy characters... Some of the character design is so queer. Like I'm thinking about Kuja in Final Fantasy oh, Kuja, 9. 100%, and it's just like yes. that is a queen. That's a drag queen. Yeah. She's a beautiful yeah. drag queen. <laughs> but like it's like a Georges where like you're a drag queen, but you're still a twink even while you're a drag yeah. queen. Yeah. Like, that's Kuja. Just let them live their best lives. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to do a hard flip away from this, too. Sure. I, and I'm going to need context for this, because some of the, these things, as we're looking them up, if we're not fans, it's hard to know what this means. But I just thought this was a very funny hot take, which is just three words. Too many zippers. <laughs> uh, so um, it is a JRPG trope, specifically made by Square Enix. Like, I, I, It's not a lot of other developers that follow it. Um, that the modern design of JRPG characters should have a lot of belts and a lot of zippers all over the place. That's just, that's what you do on a modern JRPG. It's just, it's how the clothes have to be. It's a rule. How else do um, they stay on? I know, it's crazy. Um, the power of friendship. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's how they come off. Oh, I nice. guess. Anyways, whatever. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that is one thing is that like, for as romantic as Kingdom Hearts is, it is incredibly sexless. Like, there's there's no horniness to any level of this, which can be seen in other Final Fantasy games. Not in this one. They know right. they know it's Disney. They know they're not going to mess around with that. So <laughs> Yeah, Disney is so sexless. Disney yes. in general. Like, I, I was reading about, we were doing some research for an upcoming episode about the MCU, and that's a big criticism of the MCU. Is like, everyone is so attractive, and nobody fucks. <laughs> nobody. Yeah. Which... Come on. Come, Thor You're telling me you see guys. Captain America. You're telling me you see Captain America rip a log in half and throw the pieces aside and no one is having sex with that man. I'm sorry. I mean, they are children in Kingdom Hearts. I will say that. But like, even amongst the adult characters. Yeah, like, but Aladdin's also in it. So like, that guy has sex appeal. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, that was my queer awakening. Like, we don't need to get into that You're right now. You're not alone but. on that. I am very, very positive about that fact. <laughs> this actually brings to a, us to another hot take. I don't want a Star Wars or Marvel movie world in the series. What do you think about that? Okay. Um, <laughs> so, I agree when it comes to Marvel. Um, I think that... Marvel, in its current iteration, as it's owned by Disney, is very gray. It's very flat. Um, I need to be careful. I'm on a fandom podcast. Travis, be careful. Um, <laughs> I just, I don't really feel like there's a lot of interesting depth in it. And that's my own personal opinion. I am not shitting on you if you like the MCU. The MCU is, like, obviously super popular. I'm in the minority here. And we will be doing an episode on it, so yeah. don't worry. You will have your time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I just don't feel like it fits with the raw sentimentality of Kingdom Hearts. That makes sense. Like, it, it's... There's crossover, like Captain America and Sora are very similar characters. They will always do the right thing in all circumstances, no matter what, no matter the cost, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, 
But I, I just don't know if that fits. Now, Star Wars, I think, is a little more interesting because it has, as you said, the dark side. It's got the light and the dark, that, right. that same kind of mythology that Kingdom Hearts leans into. Um, I think that could be kind of cool. Uh, I've seen some very cool ideas of what that could be. Um, in one of the trailers, uh, there's, like, what looks like the foot of a chicken walker, of, like, the NATST from Star Wars. Yeah. It looks like that might be in the trailer for Kingdom Hearts 4. Whoa. So we might be looking at a, a Star Wars world. That that would be pretty cool yeah. to see those combined. Do you think there would be a, a lightsaber keyblade? God, I hope. <laughs> Don't give me hope. That would be no. That that would be worth buying. Also, I think probably because they'll do anything <sighs> with lightsabers, man. They'll do, they'll add anything onto that stuff. So you That's can fully true. imagine a keyblade on there. Yeah, probably. I, I I've seen some designs, some like fan designs online. And they're really cool. I'll send you them later. They're really cool. Oh, like yes. That. Excellent. Maybe we'll uh, we'll throw those up on our, our Instagram and see, yeah, it, sure. see what people think. That would be super fun. Yep. Um, okay, so last question on the hot takes. Do you have any last final word hot takes that you want to throw out into the universe before we move on? This is your moment. Make it big. This um, is your big <laughs> spicy moment. Um, <laughs> Been waiting for this day your whole life. Uh, so um, this is to the fans out there. Kingdom Hearts 358 Days Over 2, the stupidest title in the series. It is the best story of the series. This is the one that they condensed into a movie uh, that they decided not to remake the game because the gameplay was so tedious, so boring. Everyone knew that. They knew that. But I would actually think that it creates this ludonarrative harmony and that the whole point of the story is that it is... Roxas, Axel, and Shion, three best friends, who are stuck working for this, like, mob organization um, and have to carry out their daily tasks so that at the end of the day, they can go hang out and have ice cream together. And that's when the story happens. So as tedious as the gameplay feels, it kind of fits the story of, like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. I just want to go hang out with my friends. Right. Can I please get to the part where I hang out with my friends? And it works for the story. <laughs> Right, I can see why pe that wouldn't people be people's first choice for their day off of playing video games. Yes. But I see what you mean, that it fits in the ethos of it. It really does. Huh. That All is right. my hot take, that this game that nobody wants to replay is my favorite. <laughs> I love that. You heard it here first, folks. Go back to the one with the weird name. <laughs> it's like four of them. <laughs> and I stand by it. And we'll they're number final. two, number seven, number 12, number... One is literally <laughs> called 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue. No. Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> I have no All other right. reaction. Well, I feel like that's a perfect point to just end that section. <laughs> uh, so at the end of every episode, we'd like to share our micro-fandoms for the week, which we will do in just a moment. Um, but before we do, let's talk about how you, our listeners, can support the show. There are many free ways to do this, and they would be greatly appreciated. Yeah, please tell all your friends about us. Uh, your nerdy friends, your not nerdy friends, anyone who'll listen. That person you yes. just walked by on the street with a baguette. I don't know. Tell them about us. Um, and please, if you can get on your podcast provider of choice, uh, though ideally Apple Podcasts, and do a little rate review and subscribe. Even a one sentence review uh, helps. Like for this one, you can use a boobadoop. 
but that someone will be confused and then have to listen to us and find out what that means. Um, but it helps us move up in the charts and means we can have even more fan fans. Uh, <laughs> I love that you just instructed people to make the reviews as obscure as possible. <laughs> Honestly, but that would get me normal in. Words. That it is a Kingdom Hearts episode. Fair <laughs> point, fair point. Stand on theme, stand on theme. Uh, you could also reach out, follow us, or send us compliments at Fandom Show Pod, both on Twitter and on Instagram, or email us uh, via our website. I've forgotten the email address because we never use it. <laughs> but you can still use it. You can we still use it. <laughs> Wow, glowing review. Wow. Um, if uh, <laughs> boop doop. If you have uh, ideas for future episodes we want to or want to catch up on past episodes or just want to say hi, you can visit us at thefandomshow.com. Um, we also have merch which you can buy at tpublic.thefandomshow.com. Uh, um, and also, you can find us on Patreon, where, wow, with so many links in this section, uh, at <laughs> patreon.com slash the fandom show. Uh, you can spend some of your hard-earned dollars our way uh, for a couple bucks a month. You can listen to episodes a couple days early, get a shout out, or submit hot takes for upcoming episodes. Uh, we also have our monthly nerds letter, uh, where we collect some of the nerdy things we're finding online throughout the month and just uh, talk about them. And also, we write fan fiction based on the episodes that we have recently done that month. Uh, uh, yeah, our most recent Patreon uh, fan fiction. I uh, recently spent a little bit of time while I was recovering from COVID uh, writing a story about the Ghostbusters fighting a Balrog. So don't miss out on that. Don't miss out on that. Uh, and thank you so much to our newest patrons, uh, Brianne Hilger and Joseph Malik. That's my dad. Uh, we're fans of you. And I'm, our... I'm, I'm just signing up right now. Yeah. So <laughs> the fanfic are uh, good. Yeah, they're fun. I, they're honestly really fun. Um, and our wonderful, wonderful theme song is by Yusu Kim. Thank you so much for that. And now for our micro fandoms of the week, uh, Travis, mm. what are you fanning about this week? Um, is it a cop out to say D and D? No. Why would that be a cop out? I don't know. Um, I would say D and D. Um, I play in two campaigns. I DM in a third, uh, and. In one of our campaigns, our DM had just casually let slip, like, oh, this is the end of the scripted module. We're going into, like, my own homebrew stuff from here on out. And then the next day, I get, like, a wall of questions about my character's backstory. Oh, and I'm God. like, oh, we're doing something with this. Okay. So I'm really excited to see where my character's going. Because, like, he did not ask all these questions to not do anything. So... I'm excited. So you're absolutely going to get in some real trouble sometime soon. Oh, absolutely. People are going to die. It's going to be great. <laughs> and you're also DMing yourself, too, Yes, right? I am. Oh, very exciting. It's it's a lot of fun. I, I, I'm I actually pretty good at it. I'm kind of enjoying it. Like, Hell yeah. Hell yeah, yeah, you are. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Kaya, what are you fed? Oh, no. I got in first. You got to go first. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Um, this week, I have... Um, I often, because I have deep attention span issues uh, when we're watching things providing they don't require subtitles or I'm not watching something for the first time and I, it requires my full attention um, we've been re-watching Dawson's Creek and uh, I don't want to fully pay attention to that um, so I, I I often have been going on Twitter and stuff as I as I do but I wanted to cut a little bit of that out so I re-picked up Hades um, on our Nintendo Switch and that game is so good. I've just realized that I missed whole sections of it the first time I was doing my run, which I left off halfway through, and now I'm just pulled straight back in because the game design is incredible. The writing is just off the wall good mm -hmm. in this game, and it's just 
just pure fun. It's a, it's a, you can see why it won Game of the Year. It's incredible. It is such a good, how far have you made it? Uh, I've made, I keep making it to Elysium now pretty consistently. Yeah. Um, so like I usually tap out around the, the Minotaur, um, but I'm getting close, man. I'm getting out of there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited for you. Yes. Uh, if you have a chance, Hades, it's a roguelike game where you keep trying to escape hell. And if you have, if you like Greek mythology at all, mm-hmm. it's incredible. Couldn't recommend it more. Steph. Okay, buckle up, babies, because I've been on a ride, and that ride is called Our Flag Means Death. Yes! It is, if you have not watched this show yet, it's on HBO Max, Craven Canada, and it is the story about uh, real, these are two real characters, um, Steed uh, and Blackbeard, uh, who were pirates in the Caribbean uh, back in the 1800s, but this is a retelling uh, Taiko Waititi is one of the producers, and it is a retelling of them and what happened to them while they spent time together. And I can't, I don't want to spoil it because there's some big spoilers out there for this show. So I'm not going to spoil anything, but it just gave me the most beautiful, full heart watching this show. This show is a story where everyone is just themselves in the most beautiful, genuine, lovely way. And it, reaffirmed my like faith in humanity a little bit. That sounds extreme. Uh, but we finished the show and then immediately started watching the show again, because once we got to the end, we're like, we need to see how it got there uh, because we didn't pick up on stuff throughout, or we had thought things were happening that maybe this is so vague, but at, I have but... to be vague about this because I can't be the one to spoil this for you. Um, yeah. But it is just a really lovely show. It's 10 episodes. Uh, everyone has just gone buck wild for this show. The fan art alone is just some like Renaissance level painting, beautiful yeah. fan art um, for this show. Don't look at it until you've watched the show though, because the fan art is very spoily. Um, yeah. But I highly recommend it. I can't stop thinking about these, these pirates. I love them so much. Um, so I highly recommend watch Our Flag Means Death if you can, and then talk to us about it because I haven't Please. posted a lot about it and I want to talk about it all the time. <laughs> yeah, this is the show that had me upgrade my gender from boy band to gay pirate. So <laughs> so that's that's my review. <laughs> I've been wanting to get into it. Like, where, what streaming service do I need? It's, it's on, on Crave in Canada. Yep. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Okay. It's great. And and the first couple episodes, you'll be like, what is this show? But when Taika, Taika Waititi shows up, you'll, you'll start to Who plays Blackbeard. It. And it, it, it takes mm-hmm. it takes a second, but like give it time because yeah. it, it catches up to itself. They yeah, really I mean, set the world. Kingdom Hearts anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It actually like, I feel like it's a great way to end this episode because it seems like it has a lot of themes of like friendship and loving yourself. Yeah. And pirates. <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, sometimes pirates. Sometimes pirates. <laughs> so just uh, those first two episodes really set the world and then take you on a ride and I just watched episode three and four and if it hasn't swept your heart away I don't understand (laughs) I'm confused (laughs) Uh, and we'll talk about it send us a tweet about it please Uh, all right um well thank you so much Travis this was like uh, I've never understood this more let's put it that way (laughs) that's the low bar But I feel like you know, in 15 years of friendship, this uh, this this is this is good. We finally got into it. Our friendship is our power. Yeah, our, <laughs> our friendship is our power. <laughs> yes, Travis. Where um, can people find you? What do you want to plug? 
Uh, okay, so you can find me on Twitter at either at Travis Ryan's or uh, more importantly, you can find my podcast, uh, Rainbow Road Pod on Twitter. Um, you can find Rainbow Road Podcast on any of your major podcatchers, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you know, any of those things. Um, yeah, you can find us there or you can email us at rainbowroadpodcast at gmail.com. Okay, show uh, off um, that you know your own email address. That's fine. <laughs> I, that's, what a flex. <laughs> It's because it's a running joke that Mike has no idea what it is. <laughs> Mike has no clue, and he's tried several times to be like, you can email us at, oh, fuck. Um. <laughs> Relatable. <laughs> very much so. Um, wonderful. Excellent. Do check out that podcast because it's a very, very, very good time. Um, and till next time, love the things you love. And tell everyone about them. Yeah, there we bye. go. Bye. Bye-bye. The Fandom Show is produced by Andrew Ivamy as part of the From Superheroes Network. For more great podcasts like this, as well as webcomics, articles, and so much more, visit FromSuperheroes.com.